Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with too much to talk about. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. This has been an insane week. Uh, This is the craziest coaching carousel maybe of all time. Uh, So we had to make a separate episode here just to talk about the coaches. Let's start, Ryan, with the the first bombshell we received. Yep, it really got the ball rolling here. was Lincoln Riley up and left OU to become the next head coach at Michael's alma mater, USC. And Michael's somewhat excited about it. So why don't you enlighten (laughs) us about how excited you are, Michael? I think maybe a B, B plus high or something like that. <laughs> no, this right. is, uh, I, yeah, I could not be more excited. It's a grand slam hire. Um, it just, I'm going to get all emotional here, but the, this hire, it, it had me thinking back to like 10 years ago, whenever it was, when the sanctions hit at USC. I remember where I was in my apartment reading it. And I was just like, I remember thinking at that time, this could affect us for like the next 10 years. This, this, these, they were so bad. And yeah. uh, through some, of course, poor athletic director hires, it, it did, uh, you know, seem to affect us even longer than it should have. Um, but this kind of feels like the start of a new era. We are have finally have a real athletic director. We have hired a great coach who is fi- finally going to recruit USC like it should be consistently. Um, so it's incredible. Um, and and he's a great offense, of course coach of course so it's just kind of fits that hollywood vibe it's going to be really fun to watch it's it's crazy so i'm pumped yeah and a lot of people are saying oh he's ducking the sec not going to lsu or not staying with ou to go to the sec i don't think it's a case of that at all i think he wanted a different challenge remember he was well regarded of course but there was still a faction of people saying he's good because he inherited a bob stoops oklahoma loaded team now he has a chance to build up a storied program himself and get all the credit. He's been recruiting Southern California previously. He's familiar with it. And then having a, a slightly easier path to the title while living in sunshine and surrounded by palm trees. I think that had to be enticing for him and his family. Yeah, it's all the above that you just mentioned, Trey. It's maybe slightly wanting to avoid the SEC. Maybe it's easier to recruit in Southern California. Maybe he wa- Maybe he wanted to live in L.A., um, and maybe you wanted a new challenge. Like I think it's a calculated move amongst all those reasons. Um, and maybe there's something else we don't know, but I just don't see why, you know, I know some people are, uh, OU people are upset about it, but Hey, if this guy wants a new challenge, okay, that's this guy wants, but for USC, man, I mean, he already got a five-star QB, like the number two overall player in 2023, I think it was some yeah. ways away, but it's just like he was recruiting Southern Cal really hard already. He's got got a magic recruit already. It's just, it's big, man. It's so big for USC. I'm jelly, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And and I think LA was a big draw for him. I watched the the opening press conference. He really seemed to be kind of enamored with that and and wanting a, a change for his family. So it is. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to, you know, he built a great brand at Oklahoma, but USC. You know, he when he was first getting into coaching, coaching USC was with Pete Carroll and. There was no bigger brand than that, so I think he kind of seized that opportunity, and that's what he's yeah. what he's going to try and build. So, uh, okay, how about Oklahoma? What is what is next for them, Trey? 
Yeah, I mean, even though some high-profile coaches have re-signed with their school, schools during this process, I think the AD, Joe Castigli- Castiglione, uh, he still has a healthy group of candidates. I mean, they've got an alum like Josh Heupel at Tennessee, the former defensive coordinator at OU and now at Clemson, Brent Venables. You got guys that have been involved in the program like Shane Beamer. Um, now, And then you get other rumored candidates like Matt Rule, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is somehow an option. So there's others that I, I didn't mention. So I think whoever they will hire is going to have success, but they'll be really looking to find someone that can have the personality to continue that sex, success heading into the SEC. Yeah, man, maybe they go back to Bob Stoops. Uh, maybe Bob Stoops had his kind of time away and wants to take over and he's going to coach in the bowl game. Maybe that'll kind of give him the itch of like, hey, well, you know. He said so, no, hey, but we'll a, see. Could be his brother. Yeah. Well, well Mark know. Stoops re-signed with, with Kentucky, so oh, unless you're talking about Mike Stoops, which I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, Michael, of course. Oh, you're talking about Mike. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure, uh, sure, no, sure. we'll have a YouTube episode uh, discussing all the candidates in, in further detail, but um, but yeah, OU's a great program. They're rarely down, so I, I think they, they should be just fine, but they will feel the sting. You would think they'll feel the sting of this in the short term because we mentioned they're, they're losing – they have had a lot of decommitments already, um, you know. So this recruiting class is going to suffer. Maybe even next year, we'll, we'll have to see what happen happens. It's not like the sky is falling, but this is bad timing, right? When you're about to enter, you know, the SEC pretty soon. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. But I would be I would be a little nervous if if I was an, an Oklahoma fan. No, absolutely. All right. Well, bombshell number two, which just just one upping uh, USC or at least equaling it, LSU hires brian kelly away from notre dame uh ryan what what can you say about this ah a great it's kind of a a similar thing here for for brian kelly thinking like just a new challenge uh but this is more about the the challenge of like hey can i win a national title i think um maybe that's what his his kind of thinking is like a notre dame he he feels like maybe he did all he could and he just couldn't get over the hump. He couldn't quite get to that elite level where you got to pull in the top three, top five recruiting classes where it's very, very hard to do that at Notre Dame. Uh, but LSU, it's not. <laughs> you can you can do that. Um, but, you know, it's a great hire for LSU. He's won, you know, five straight years, won in 10 plus games, made a national title, got whooped, but made it. A couple of playoff appearances, great before that. So. The guy's won everywhere he's been. Um, for LSU, I think you got to be really happy after kind of freaking out uh, after you saw Lincoln Riley <laughs> go to USC. You're like, oh, no. And it kind of dragged on. But boom, they got a great, great hire. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a few years ago when Jimbo signed that $75 million 10-year deal, and it felt kind of preposterous. But now, a few years later, it's it's like double that with 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 Kelly on an annual basis. But uh, you mentioned it, Ryan, like he, he wins, uh, the last three coaches at LSU have won titles before, and you know, he's a better coach than Les Miles and Eddie O were. So you have to think he'll get LSU back at least in the mix, uh, soon, but two things kind of stood out to me with this. Um, one, does him leaving Notre Dame mean he thinks that they can't win a national title or did he just want a, a new challenge? And then two, the fact that we have coaches, leaving when they have you know in the midst of playoff hopes and runs isn't necessarily ideal for the sport overall like 
if the chop the chips fall right this weekend, like the players at Notre Dame could be out of the playoff because the committee decides they're not worthy without Kelly. And that's a that's a tough look. So I get why this happens, but it's unfortunate it all has to happen with the season in the in the midst of it. Oh yeah. It is it is absolutely crazy that a coach is leaving a program that they might be in the playoff. We might yeah. <laughs> in a week they might they might yeah, or this Dame. weekend it might be announced that they're in the playoff. What what's that? It's Notre Dame. It's not, you know. Cincinnati (laughs) like right I mean woof so I think um I think it is Trey like you were kind of a little Ryan talked about it that yeah it's about winning a title and I I think to answer your first question I think it was Trey I do think he thought I I probably can't win a title at Notre Dame or at least it's going to be very very difficult I know they were just about to upgrade the recruiting because they brought in Marcus Freeman and their next class was was looking very good that you know both of their upcoming classes so I guess that makes this a little more surprising but they weren't gonna be classes at the level that you can get at lsu so i think kelly just you know he's 60 years old he thought i I don't have a a ton of coaching years left if i if i want to get a national title on my resume this this is probably my best shot um but uh, but what's next for notre dame uh so lsu they're gonna be just fine how about how about notre dame ryan I, the the clear f- choice to me, and I think they're they're going to probably wait on him right now is is Luke Fickle. Um, you know, it's always been said Luke Fickle's. There's only a, a few select jobs that Fickle would probably leave for, and this one is right there. Strong Catholic guy who likes the Midwest. Notre Dame seems like the obvious choice uh, for Luke Fickle. I don't know what else he'd wait for. If he doesn't take this, then maybe it's just only Ohio State that he'd go back to. But um, if they don't get him, there's obviously talk of just elevating marcus freeman the defensive coordinator which you know i would rather have fickle but that's just me um and matt campbell is the other name um which i think maybe that's their pecking order in my eyes yeah it could be it could be it seems like a lot of people really like freeman there but but yeah you have to think fickle would be the the first choice um because for me you look at those three candidates fickle has kind of both of the big things you want he's a proven head coach and a proven elite recruiter freeman has the recruiting thing campbell has the kind of coaching thing but but neither of them have are proven in both so that's why i'd i'd prefer fickle if i were notre dame yeah and no matter who they hire like i think they're going to make a fine hire out of any of those guys we've kind of listed but and is the the number one task is going to be to keep that recruiting class intact because you know as of now they're sitting at number four for next year obviously things will change but if they can keep that intact, it'll certainly help the next the next guy in line. For sure. All right. So moving on to Florida made a big hire. Billy Napier of Louisiana. Michael, what uh, what were your thoughts on this one? We know you love your boy Napier. Yeah. Well, actually, can before we I know before we move on to Napier, I just wanted to bring up because we didn't talk about the fact that if they what is Fickle gonna gonna do? Say Fickle wants to take the job. Like, are we gonna? Is he Oof. gonna sort of announce it next week and then? But right. I'm still gonna coach Cincinnati potentially in the playoff if they make it. Or is it just I think gonna you have to sort of? You have to do that. Do it like that. Or because we can't so. just not have an announcement from Notre Dame for like a month. Just yeah. I guess we could, but that would. I be think it's gonna odd. be like the Scott Frost UCF model, where you know you're still. You know, Frost was going to go to Nebraska, but he still coached UCF in the in their Peach Bowl, or whatever it was. Could be. Obviously, that is not happening with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's gone, so if they if they make <laughs> yeah, the playoff, yeah. it will not be him 
coaching Notre Dame. But okay, anyway, sorry, Trey. Uh, back to to Billy Napier. Yes, I love Billy Napier. It is not a sexy hire like the the previous two that we talked about, or at least not sexy nationally or for kind of the casual fan. But but if you followed college football the past few years, Billy Napier has been you know everyone knows he's a rising star. He was near or at the top of the list seemingly for every SEC job uh, that came open. I think he's I think he's going to recruit much better than Dan Mullen. Um, he's just committed to that. He's learned under Saban, did an amazing job at Louisiana, elevating their recruiting to levels the Sun Belt has never seen. Um, and he, he did a good job on the field, of course. They've, they've won 10, 11 games, you know, what, the last three years, something like that. So, yeah, it's I, I, I like it. Yeah, there's not much not to like uh, about Billy Napier other than the fact that it's, he just hasn't done it at the Power 5 level. But um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be an amazingly successful coach. And I think this is the right fit for him. He was patient, and he got a job that, you know, it's top, top-of-the-line job. He's going to recruit amazing. And you said he learned under Saban, but he also learned under Dabo. He learned under Jimbo Fisher. A few national title-winning coaches there. Um, this guy's done it. He's been he's coached all over the country, too. He coached in Arizona, at Arizona State. Um, did well there. So, man, there's not not much you can say negative about Billy Napier. Yeah, I love it too. He's He's been patient. He spent a number of seasons kind of preparing himself for this situation. He's attentive, attentive to detail. Um, you know, we all never know what will happen with these hires, but Napier stands out as a guy that I'd be surprised if he doesn't have much success. Yeah, very high ceiling with him. No doubt about it. Um, all right, let's move on here to UW. They got their guy in Fresno, former Fresno State head coach, Kalen DeBoer. Um, Trey, what do you think about Kalen DeBoer? I like it for Washington. I mean, our podcast has probably been ahead of the curve on our affection for DeBoer. Um, we've seen how Indiana's offense has kind of tailed off since he left. He had success, of course, with a Husky transfer, Jake Hayner, this past season. Husky fans, they they have to like that he has that offensive pedigree because they've had it's been well documented they've had some struggles on that side of the ball for a few years now. Um, my only question that we don't really have answered is can he recruit well enough at a place like Washington? Yeah, that that will remain to be seen, but I think he checks you know just about every other box. Even he has head coach experience even before uh, this Fresno State stint. He has. He won three NAIA championships, so he's he's just been successful everywhere he's been, um, whether it's coordinator, head coach. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it makes total sense. He was a guy I was looking at when when USC's search looked like it was, at least from the outside looking yeah. in, looked like it was not going well and we were going to have to settle for someone. I was like, hey, we could do worse than settling for Kalen DeBoer. So for Washington, makes total sense. Yeah, it's a good hire. They What UW needs offensive help, man. Like, you know, maybe you don't hire a coach just based off of one need, but my goodness, they they need some help there. Um, defense hasn't really been their issue. <laughs> and he turned he turned around Fresno. I mean, he took over a four and eight program there and had a really good year this year and got Jake Hayner playing extremely well. So this guy knows how to work the the quarterback room and get a, get a, get a lot out of that, which, hey, it's football, baby. You need a good QB. I like this hire. And as we're recording this, Jake Hent- Hayner entered the transfer portal today, and I saw one tweet, at least from a Washington reporter, that uh, he's going to transfer to back to Washington. So I don't know the rules there with, 
you know, since he's already transferred and now he's transferring again, but hopefully he'll be eligible next year. Actually, once you graduate, aren't you like free to do whatever? Oh yeah, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I really should look more into that, but I literally saw the tweet like (laughs) right before we started recording. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this, we're talking about coaches anyway. So Virginia Tech hired Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry, which at least initially was not a name that, that I had read, um, as a strong possibility for this job you know jamie chadwell had come up maybe even marcus freeman at notre dame but uh but they're going with with brent pry what do you guys think well i mean they they definitely like defense there in virginia tech so kind of makes sense to go with a defensive minded guy that's honestly he's had a ton of success wherever he's been he was a starting off at georgia southern he had them as a top 10 level type defense statistically um Vanderbilt on, uh, <laughs> with with uh, with James Franklin. He did the, during those magical two years that they had at Vandy. He was great, and then he's got a great run here at Penn State. Their defense has always been uh, stout, so he, he he knows how to coach that side of the ball. Virginia Tech likes that. Now, if he compare himself with a, a good offensive coordinator, then I can really come around and say, hey, yeah, I think this could work out. But I'm, I'll be very interested to see who he he gets in that role. I completely agree with you, Ryan. On all your points and Virginia tech fans alike. Cause he's kind of like a, a little bit more modern day of uh, bud foster. So they're hoping that he can match his defensive prowess with, with that offense, like you mentioned. And he was a graduate assistant uh, in the nineties under, under Beamer and under bud foster. So there's, there's that connection there. So yeah, it's not, it's not uh, like we said with, with Washington, not a sexy hire, and and I'm always a little reticent, uh, you know, when it's when it's someone without head coaching experience. But, you know, yeah. it's so hard to predict these things. Kirby Smart did pretty well without head coaching experience. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. Uh, next one we have here. Washington State hired their interim head coach, Jake Dickert, to the, the full time yeah. gig. Think that's a good move, Ryan? I mean, it's not a bad move. Um, he, he did a good job where he's been. He did a great job at Wyoming uh, before he went to Pullman and at Wazoo. Um, and obviously, he had a good kind of showcase here for for w- winning the Apple Cup, just dominating dominating the Huskies. And I guess for them, stability is good. They they seem to have you know they just hired Rolovich. It was kind of a new program. Um, they just kind of committed to that. So I don't think they want to just hire outside and have to start all over again and. So I think it was just more like, hey, this kind of makes sense, even though, it, you know, it's maybe not the best thing in the world, but we'll keep the program going and just kind of see how this uh, this culture and I mean, not this this regime kind of plays out. Yep, I agree. He he nailed that audition, kept the ship sailing as Rolovich left. And on the defensive side this year, he had Wazoo ranked third in the nation in takeaways this year. So there's 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 a lot to like. So hopefully he can keep that ship uh, kept going and then hopefully elevate it a little bit more next couple of years yeah and he was the of course the defensive coordinator um uh for wyoming before like you said ryan and and then at at washington state so yeah i i, I agree with you guys they they had a good year it makes sense to kind of just try and keep it going all right moving on to tcu they're replacing the legend gary patterson they hired sunny dykes what are you guys thoughts I think it makes sense. He was doing a good job at at SMU, of course, in that Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, it's it's a high floor hire. Like it, it would be hard for me to envision Sonny Dykes sucking at TCU. Which so that's there's something to be something to be said for that a high floor. I don't absolutely love it. Like I don't know if if how's he going to recruit. I mean, he was doing he he pulled a couple blue chips at SMU, but uh, 
but it's hard to know once once he steps up to the Big 12, is is the recruiting going to step up in a big way? We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, and and really the big thing is I'll wait to see because I don't think it's been announced who's his defensive coordinator going to be because that was the problem. Yeah. You know, when he was at Cal, he had Jared Goff, he had some great offenses, but the defenses were horrendous. And even at SMU right now, that's kind of what's holding them back. I mean, they're still very good, but that is what's holding them back from being the the Cincinnati of the G5. So we'll, we'll see who he hires there. Yeah, that's definitely a, a concern there. But I, I like the hire for TCU. Um, it's somebody that has proven experience at you know as a head coach um, at a high level, um, and, he, and he's a Texas guy. Um, and he kind of, I think he, he he deserves a little more credit for the talent he did bring to SMU. It's not like he took over mm-hmm. an elite type kind of program. He got SMU as more of a destination type place for for that Dallas area. Um, he brought in some transfers like Shane Bachel, who's from that area transferred in Tanner Mordecai the same thing he was from the area kind of got him back so he made some impact transfers kind of come back to Dallas to play for SMU and I don't see why he couldn't really do that over the you know across the street almost at at, to at TCU I think there's he'll have a he's still got the connections there knows how to market it and I think it'll be good good points yeah I'm I'm kind of meh. I'm like, I'm not gung ho, but I don't hate it because I know the offense. We, it's going to play at a high level. I just feel like there's a little bit lower ceiling with him. Um, just cause it, it seems like some of his teams tend to fizzle out, but, but I will say this is the best gig he's had now. And so I could see how he would capitalize in this situation. Like Ryan was kind of trying to point out. Yep. Alrighty then. Uh, let's move on to, um, the void that Sonny Dykes left, SMU. Um, they hired Rhett Lashley, uh, the offensive coordinator from Miami. Uh, Trey, what do you think of this one? I think he's a, a great fit there. Good for SMU to continue to have someone run a strong offense. He's been at SMU before, so he's obviously familiar with that situation. He was probably due for a head coaching gig, and I'm excited to see what he can do. I wouldn't be surprised if he elevated SMU even more. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine hire. I I don't I don't really have much to, to to add I guess I don't I'm not like over the moon about it um, but I'm not not upset. Yeah, we don't know how he's going to do as a as a head coach, but if you look at his OC, like he when he went to Miami, Miami was was really struggling offensively. They just couldn't get it going, and you know then when they brought him in, even people were still kind of doubting it. But he had a surprisingly good first year there um, with Michael's boy Derek King, and they were very good. And then this year without Derek King when he got hurt. Now he's all of a sudden got a freshman Van Dyke playing extremely well. So I feel pretty good about their offense now. Who does he have a defensive coordinator and can he be more than just a Sonny Dykes? Can he actually bring a defense with him too? Okay, next one. We've got two more hires to get to. We're almost there. New Mexico State hires Jerry Kill. What do you think about that, Ryan? I like it. I, I do. I like it for New Mexico State. you got a proven power five experienced head coach who had success. Um, he's really had success at every school he's been. He's been at like five schools he's been the head coach at. He left every single one of them in better shape than he found it. You can look it up. Go back to the schools. Uh, I believe you. Now, I hope I hope he's fully healthy and everything for, for him. Um, seems like he is, which is great. Um, but I think he's going to get them to play solid football. I mean, you know Jerry Kill's style. So I think it'll be a little different. I and mean, I don't know. Why not? And if you're in Mexico State, this is this is, this is a good hire for them. Yeah, I mean, they were looking to make a killer hire, and and they did. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for New, mm-hmm. New Mexico State, I, but for New Mexico State, it is it is a great hire, and I hope it works out, like you said, Ryan. Since Kill, he, he's obviously been through a lot. OK, 
Okay, last one. Louisiana Tech hired Texas Tech offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie. Uh, he had, of course, been been a long time TCU offensive coordinator as well. Thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm running out of thoughts on these offensive coordinators, guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> these Texas Tech yeah. offensive coordinators. I, mean, and, I don't know. It's like what well, he's had kind uh, of an up and down also, career as an OC. Yeah, I know. That's why it's kind of like I don't know. I think I don't know is I an okay answer. Though. That's my answer. Yeah, I'll, I'll say though that it's a it's a quick fire for for Lou Holtz or for Lou Holtz. <laughs> Skip <laughs> Holtz, Holtz. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Skip. I mean, man, he he just had like one bad year, and they had so many close losses this year. Uh, I don't know. They Anyways, did have we'll some close losses. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've also got a lot of coaches staying put. We already know, of course, about Mel Tucker seemingly resetting the whole. Uh, uh, coaching value, coaching market, uh, staying at Michigan State. James Franklin, of course, massive contract, stay with Penn State, which Trey and I talked about. Ryan was absent that episode, but uh, Wake Forest extended Dave Clawson, Oregon State extending Jonathan Smith, and Boston College extended Jeff Halfley. Any of these surprise you? Any any stick out to you? I don't think any to me, are the, that surprising. The... Maybe other than the James Franklin, the amount of guaranteed years and money. Yeah, to me, the surprise was was James Franklin because it you know it just seemed like for a couple years he was mentioned for so many jobs and jobs that you thought might come open, and then when those jobs came open this year, you thought he was a shoe in for one of them, and then obviously like you touched on Mike, we like we discussed in the prior episode, we were also shocked by of course the actual contract, which basically locks him to Penn State uh, for a good amount of time. Yeah, that's the the main one that surprises it's just two years in a row now where it's not peak performance um i mean i still think that he's a good coach and i still think it's gonna work out for penn state i think he'll lead them to more good years but not sure he had to give all that guarantee at this point not you know but hey could work out okay there are two more coaches that got fired we haven't discussed on the podcast yet who's that yes uh i was just getting to mr skip holtz out at louisiana tech um, and that is a quick trigger. Uh, yeah, the previous seven years, they made a bowl game uh, under Skip Holtz, um, and they won six of those bowl games. So, hello, that's pretty darn good. Um, I know three and nine this year was <laughs> I, yeah, that's not good, but yeah, yeah, five three and nine isn't good. But man, five of their losses were by one score, and three of those losses were to Mississippi State, NC State, and SMU. I mean, they were just a few plays away from being in another bowl game. I think they're overreacting, um, and I think they're probably going to downgrade. I, I mean, I'm, who knows? But I just, I think they've pulled the trigger too soon. Yeah, the SMU one was on a hail mary too. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. next one was Rod Carey out at Temple. He went twelve and twenty in three seasons. wasn't trending up, and there was just no juice in the program. And I was, it was, re- I was reading the previous four coaches had left for Power Five gigs. So Temple isn't used to struggling this much. Okay, Al Golden, Man, Rod Carey thought he, thought he had it made. He thought he had it made. Okay, Al Golden, Matt Rule. Um, that's that's the that's uh, a hard one right there. Al Golden, Manny Diaz. No, Manny Diaz. Oh, you're not no. counting Manny Did Diaz. Ma- oh, Al Golden. Oh, Matt Rule. What is? Well, wait a second. Well, for like a minute, I mean, right? He was there. <laughs> he was there for okay, like. Fine, a week. Then there's five. There's five. There's five. Oh, okay. Okay. What's the matter with me? I had two others in my head. Al Golden, Matt Rule, Temple. So you said Al ah. Golden, 
Manny Diaz. Matt Rule. That's three. There's two more. Oh, um, one guy is currently, they both at one point, I guess, went to the ACC. Oh, well, um, uh, well uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Collins. Okay, that's, yep, boom. So that's one. And there was that one, one okay. that was in between, in between Golden and Rule. Well, that's weird. Golden Rule? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, he coached at, he's been at wait, two spots, I think, since. But Steve Adazio? Boom. Got it. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I, yeah, because yeah. Adazio didn't even do that good of a job there. Yeah. I yeah, know. That's true. <laughs> All right. We got right. there with some help. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Yeah. That'll do it for this episode <laughs> of the College Football Bros. Uh, check out the other episode on our feed where we just talked just talked football. We talked the the conference championship games coming up. We talked playoff scenarios. Ryan told us why uh, Michigan's going to lose and still make the playoff. It got wild there. So yeah, uh, be <laughs> sure to check it out, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.